All right, looks like most of you survived Ice-mageddon. Doing all right? Y'all, y'all binged on your Netflix stuff or Amazon, whatever you're doing. You got it all out of your system, so you're ready to go, right? You're good to go. Life's good? All right. Cool. If you got your Bibles, turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 3. We're going to be going several different places. We're continuing our series, Margin, you know, how to make room, get the most out of life. And um, how many of you are hot? Y'all are having hot flashes? I see it. Amen. Hold on, hold on. This looks like a non-Baptist church. Everybody was raising their hands. All right. How many of y'all are hot? Woo! All right. Hey, we'll get those fans going. Y'all feel okay. All right. Here we go. So we're going to preach on hell today. No, I'm just kidding. All right, good. First Samuel chapter 3. Aren't y'all glad you can have fun in church? All right. Here we are. So First Samuel chapter 3. You know, this Ice-mageddon thing has happened, but before that, there was like this, it's still kind of going on, this cold and flu season. Everybody's been hit by the flu, or it seems like it, and so you're all that. And so what happens, I don't know about your place, but at my place, whenever there's this cold thing that takes place, your head just gets huge and big, and there's just this congestion thing, and you, you get so clogged up, you can't even hear. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Okay, so that's been going on at our house, so like even right now, like I'm talking, but I have no idea what I'm saying, so... Um, it's just coming out. I can't hear a word that I'm saying. So yesterday, Becky and I were at a situation where there's a lot of people and there's a lot of noise going on. And it felt like at that moment where I've seen and I've heard that sometimes when you get older, it's harder to hear. Okay. So we had that moment yesterday that we kind of had pictured and we've kind of joked about, but we were at this event. There's a lot of stuff going on and I'm trying to communicate with my bride. And we're there, and I feel like I am yelling from the bottom of my toenails to communicate with her. And she's going, huh? And I'm like, if I say it any louder, the rest of the gym will hear me. And so we're trying to figure this whole thing out. And so you've, you've been to that place, right, where you're just trying to communicate, and you can't get it there. And you're like, let's clean. I don't know what we got to do, but we got to communicate in this moment. And so this morning, what I want to grasp, for us to grasp, is that God wants to speak to us. And wants to hear us hear him, and that there are so many times where our ears are so congested with the stuff of life and the worries and the cares and the concerns and all those things that we can't hear, and that God is probably yelling at the top of his lungs, and we're going, "Huh, I can't hear you, and we're trying to we're making that where there's this muffled sound, and so I even shared with you a few weeks ago I've been trained by this noise. I've heard it even recently in ATB, but guess what? I know it's not my wife because some of you have stolen our idea. And I've been so trained, I know that it's my wife's voice. And so again, for us, as we hear God's word and we hear God speak to us, not only do we hear him, but he begins, when we hear him, he speaks directly to us. And so we know exactly the tone and inflection with which he speaks to us. And so this morning, again, as we look at 1 Samuel chapter 3, Take for a moment, just imagine yourself cleaning out your ears and listening and tuning in to God's voice. First Samuel chapter 3. It's a story about a young man named Samuel, and Samuel is a prophet-to-be. And so he's, as a prophet-to-be, he's placed at the feet of Eli, and he's studying to become a priest. He's studying to become a prophet. And so as he sits at the feet of Eli, Eli is a long-time chief priest. And so he's trained several young men up. But here in this moment, he's training up um, Samuel, and so he's spending time with Eli. And so he's literally like a rabbi. Eli is a rabbi to Samuel. So he's 
Samuel's at the feet of, of uh, Eli, and he's learning all the stories of Eli. He's going to the hospital visits. He's doing all these different things. He's a young associate pastor learning what it would be like to be a pastor. But an interesting thing is he's never encountered God yet. He hasn't encountered God. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 3. Here's the background of that. So the boy, Samuel, so he's a young man, probably maybe 13, maybe, ministered before the Lord under Eli. And in those days, the word of the Lord was rare. Sounds like, kind of feels like our time. We've got craziness and chaos, and it seems like, is God speaking? Is God doing anything in our midst? There were not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not gone out yet, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of, the God, ark of God was. So in other words, he was in the temple, the place of worship. He was staying by the, by the light. That was his responsibility. Then the Lord called Samuel, and Samuel answered, Here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me. But Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. So he went and he lay down. And again, the Lord called Samuel. Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. How many of you as parents, y'all love those moments where your kids are up and they're moving around all night and you can't get to sleep because your kid's moving? Y'all have those moments? So you can imagine here is Eli, an older gentleman. He's trying to get some rest. And this young man is constantly coming by and going, hey, 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 I need to go to the bathroom. Hey, 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 I need something to drink. Or hey, 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 whatever, this hurts. And so I imagine he's kind of getting a little bit of annoyed. And then again, the Lord called Samuel, and Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am, you called me, my son. Eli said, I did not call you. Go back and lay down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. An interesting thought, isn't it? That he was already studying to be a priest. He was already studying to be a pastor. He'd been kind of set aside for that, but he didn't know the Lord. Now, this idea of no is something that we, when we hear that word, we think of an intellectual knowledge that you go to high school, you go to college, you go to whatever, you go to whatever school that you're going because you want the intellectual knowledge to be able to, to produce that and, and to say it to others. I've, I've been to a lot of school to know things to teach you, right? And so we, the further we go along in school, the more of an expert we're supposed to become. And so here, Samuel is studying under Eli to know the intellectual things of God so that he can pass them on to others. But it says here he doesn't know him. And what that is, and throughout Scripture, to know is not just this intellectual knowing, but it's an experiential knowing for us to experience the depths of God. That when we enter into... We'll stop for a moment. Nothing you can do, I know. It's an amber alert, so just hold on. Let's just let's do this. Dear God, we... Every parent's greatest fear. Give that child to you. Safety, protection, what you... What others mean for evil, Father, may you turn for good. Father, may we hear the story of, of good things in this midst. It's your son's name that we pray. Amen. So knowing God is not just this intellectual thing, but it's an experience that as you know God, that you've spent time with him and that you understand him. And this is moment after moment as a student pastor for a lengthy amount of time. One of the things that we would 
parents would come back and they would, they would talk about is that, hey, there's this click thing. And honestly, I studied for a long time and looked at it, and I was like, I understand what parents are saying. But what happened is, is you go away to a camp, you go away on a mission trip, and you experience stuff together. And so in those moments when you're doing the dirty work, when you're at camp and things are happening, and you begin to know one another, you've experienced each other on a whole different level. And so when you see each other, it's not just, oh, hey, there's Tim, or there's, there's John, or there's Sally, or there's Susie. Hey, that's Tim. And instead of just shaking a hand, you walk up and you hug because you've experienced something on a whole other level. You know each other differently than you knew each other before. And so that's true here is that God's saying, listen, the longer you do life with me, the more that you spend time with me, the, the sufferings that you walk through, the good times that you walk through, the more that you do with me, the deeper you're going to know me because I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. I don't change, but you deeply get to know me when you spend time with me. And so here, Samuel knows. He's been taught. He's memorized the scriptures, but he doesn't know. And so that's one of my deepest concerns as a pastor. Is that we live in an area where a lot of people know. But they don't know. And that you go to work and you go to school that with people that know. But they don't know. Because we would see transformation. We would see things differently. You would see how their families were changed and altered. You would see their vision and their hopes and everything about their life would be different. So here we are. Samuel is a young man, and all at this moment, God's speaking to him. This is the beauty, is that even before we know God, he can speak to us and call us out. And he always speaks individually to us. Because you remember the story of Lazarus, that Lazarus was dead. God called out, Jesus called out to Lazarus. He said, Lazarus. So when he brings and he talks, he calls specifically you. Yes, there's this general call, but when God is dealing with you, he calls out and he says, hey, Chris, because listen, I'm a unique being, right? Yeah, amen. Okay. Chris is a unique being. And so that the same thing, the words that he has specifically for me and the calling and the way that he speaks to me may be entirely different than the way that necessarily he needs to get your attention and to talk to you. And he's calling out. And so in this moment, he's Samuel. So here Eli is disturbed and annoyed by this young boy. And then the word of the Lord had not been revealed to him yet. And then in verse 8, a third time the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli. And he said, here I am, you called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was talking to the boy. That's why we need mentors. That's why we need people that are further along in the journey. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean age, but sometimes it can mean age. We need you to speak truth. And that's why I love in our life groups that there's multiple ages and, and people are doing life. And so one of the groups in particular, they're like, um, we need these couples in here because they've walked this road and understand what it's like to be Christian parents trying to raise kids. And so as senior adults or people that have walked ahead, you, you are needed. We need you to speak life to us. And so if you're not in a life group, find one and get in because we need you. Um, you fought so many of the battles and you can help us not walk down through and do some of the dumb things that maybe you've done and you regret and help us. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, go and lie down. And if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and he lay down in his place and the Lord came and stood there. 
calling as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. That's powerful stuff. That the creator of the universe desires to relate to you and to talk specifically to you about you. You thought about that recently? That the creator of the universe desires to speak directly to you and have relationship with you and you and to know you deeply and for you to know him. The cool thing is, is that we can go to coffee with him every single day, all day long, and we will never know everything about him. He is inexhaustible in our ability to know him and how quickly we get bored with him. Because he's not doing what we want him to do in the way that we want him to do it. Or he's not talking in the way that we want him to talk. And God is saying, Let's just listen to my voice and just spend time with me and to know me. And beginning to know, you begin to trust. I've been married for at least five years. And guess what? In those five years, my wife and I have gotten to know each other a little bit better. Some things good. Some things not as good, right? I'm perfect. I don't know. I made a mistake last week. But it's this knowing. And what happens? The more we spend time together, the more we get to know each other. Same thing as with your friends. The longer you spend time with them, the more you get to know them. And God desires for us to know him and to spend time with him and to hear his voice. To hear the different things. One of the things about knowing someone is you get to know them that you get to hear and understand the different inflections and different tones. And that they may say something one way. Hey, I love you. Heard that? And sometimes it's said in a different way. In a different tone. And it's maybe the same words. But there's a little different meaning. There's a little nuance to it. And the more that you spend some time with someone and you know them and you know how they speak and how they talk and how they interact with you, the better you are able to realize that, hey, they're saying I love you, but I'm hearing in a different way. The same is true for us. The more we spend time with God is that there's those moments where I've heard it and seen it on Facebook as someone would say, hey, I read this passage a thousand times before, but this time I heard it in a different way. And again, that's that going back to over and over and over again. Why would God want to speak to us? One, because He loves us. He cares for us. This past week, you've because of Ismageddon, you've had some time to, to spend some time with your family and maybe some extra time than maybe you planned. And so you've had a little bit of extra fellowship time. God desires to spend time with us because He loves us and because He cares for us. He also wants to speak to us because we need direction. We're not very smart. We're sheep, right? We're called sheep, so what do sheep do? They go astray. And so we need direction. We need constant reminders. We need constantly for the be listening to the shepherd's voice because we walk some difficult paths. We walk some treacherous paths. And so as we're listening to the voice of the shepherd, also his discipline when he throws the rod and when he brings us close with with the staff and does inspection and all those moments, that's all about direction and guiding us down because listen, the older we get, the more we understand that the path to life is narrower, more narrow than we thought. Narrower. 
It's more narrow. Y'all can write that down in your notes. Circle it. Narrow river. God is guiding us down a path. Why? Not because he's trying to strip away fun, but because he's actually trying to give us more life than we can ever receive and understand. The abundance of life is down that path. And then finally, he wants us to know him on a deeper level, to experience him on a deeper way than we possibly How does God speak to us? Through his word. He spends time, we spend time, he's spent a lot of time talking to guys and, and giving us his word so that in Psalm 119 it says, your word is a lamp unto my feet. What does that mean? Is that as we spend time in his word, that his, his lamp gives us direction, it lights the path. And you know what? So many times we want to know what it's going to be at the end of the trail, or we want to know what's going to be happening at the end of the year or even at the end of the month. But the truth is that all we really need is the light at the end of this lamp. And so his word is the lamp just enough to take the next step. Because if we knew what three or four steps down were, we might not take the first step. So God's saying, listen, spend time with me, know me, get to know my direction, and take the next step. I will light your path. The beauty of light is it shows us and reveals to us the next step as we're about to take, and you can see whatever is there and avoid the danger, avoid whatever, but God lights it, and light brings life. What once was unseen is now seen. That's the beauty of faith is that you take that step, and as you're taking it, it's lit up. The other thing about why does God want to speak to us is how does he speak to us is not only his word, but his Holy Spirit. I know in a Baptist church, this is one of those things that we struggle with, that we're really good as Baptists in educating. And so we give you tons and tons and tons of knowledge, but we struggle with this idea of the Holy Spirit guiding us. And here's why I'll tell you. As a good Southern Fried Baptist. Why? It's because we cannot control the Holy Spirit. And we are a people that likes to control our lives. So you've got your iPhone agenda for the next week and you've got control of your life. And then all of a sudden something happens and what do we do? We get, ah, God, why? And it's because God is and you're not. And so listen, God, through the Holy Spirit, takes residence with inside of you and wants to guide you and to direct you. And for us to begin to listen to what is God in us saying to us. The greatest privilege in the world is that the creator of the universe not only wants to speak to us, but he has taken residence with inside of this frail, broken vessel. That the Holy of Holies resides with inside of me. And I don't know about you, but I know my junk. And as we sit here in this place and we understand who we truly are and the brokenness of us to say that God would reside with inside of us should overwhelm us to say, what? And that's the mystery of the gospel is that God would look at us and say, you are worthy as my children, so worthy that I take residence with inside of you. That's that part of us being transformed and being something different, that we now have different tastes and different desires because what once was was all about me. Now there's this battle of God residing with inside of me and God saying, listen, I want more for you and that's my life. The Holy Spirit takes residence with inside of you. And it says in John 14, 26, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all these things and will remind you 
of everything that I've said to you. Again, the Holy Spirit works in us, but what's He draw us to time after time again? To this. That the more that we spend time in this, He's going to draw us back. And you're going to go, wow, you remember Awanas when I was in first grade and I learned this verse? And all of a sudden, in that moment, the Spirit of God brings it back and you're like, whoa, I haven't thought about that verse in forever because you haven't needed that verse. God, in that moment, gave you that verse to set you free or to empower you for what you need in those things. Your word is a lamp unto my path. Ingest it. It's the bread of life. Take it in. Soak it in. Eat it. And in those moments that you need it, you will have exactly the words. You'll have exactly the power. You'll have exactly the truth that you need in those things. And the Holy Spirit, God within residing within you will be the one that moves you and gives you action to those things that you could never do on your own, but only because God resides in you. God also speaks to us through other people. One of the things that I love doing is we look back over the years, and I've been in ministry now for a long time, and I'm in doing ministry over a long period of time. You get to have conversations and to do life with a variety of different people, and we love looking back and saying and looking and seeing where God has moved people and thinking about in those moments having conversations with people. So whether they were thinking about a career change, whether they were thinking about moving somewhere, whether they were thinking about something radical change in their life or what God was speaking to them about and sitting with them across coffee or in a life group situation and, and praying through that and thinking about it and then looking back four, five, six, seven, ten years later and seeing that in that moment there was this something that spurred in somebody's heart. The Holy Spirit was talking to them about, hey, you need to become a teacher. And you need to become a teacher not in the suburbs but in the inner city. You need to become a nurse. I know you have a great job, but now you need to become a nurse and work with those NICU kids and, and, and whatever. And so that in those conversations and then seeing people work through and, and struggle through and get to that place because God has placed within them something and moving them in a direction and now being able to look back and seeing them fulfilled, not just in their career, but knowing that God has placed them in a place that that is exactly where God has called them to be and it was worth the risk, it was worth the investment, it was worth the challenge to move from point A to point B and to be involved in that and helping them pray through that and then to see them and encourage them move to the next place that they understand and now now they can look back and say, hey, one step at a time, God lit my path and people were with me and walking through that. That as we do life together, we invest and help people see because we all have blind spots and people can speak truth to us. Then also circumstances is another way that God speaks to us. We've had the hurricane recently in the midst of the hurricane. Some of your life decisions and what you're doing has changed. Am I right? Some of you are doing some different things. Some of you have moved. Some of you are doing different jobs or whatever. And so sometimes circumstances can allow God to speak to us, change our perspective, and to think about how we're looking at different stuff. One of the places that I see a lot of perspective changes is in the hospital. When I go and visit people and they're struggling with an illness and they're thinking about it, guess what you get to do in the hospital? Nothing. There's not even Netflix a lot of times. And so it's just you and these machines, and if somebody's there, but you have a lot of time to just reflect. And let's be honest, most of us do not like alone time. Huge gaps of alone time. And so sometimes God, and I have people tell me, God forced me into this place on my back so that the only thing I can do is look up and say, God, why am I here? What am I doing? Forced opportunities to stop 
and to listen. God wants to speak to us and he has ways to do it. One of the ways that you probably don't want it is for him to force you to stop. Well, why does God speak to us? First thing is to comprehend his truth. He wants us to comprehend and to know his truth. In second, uh, First Corinthians chapter 2, it says this, What no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him. In other words, write out your plans, write out your agenda, but as a child of God, God probably has even more than what you could plan and prepare for yourself. Jump down to verse 14 of 1 Corinthians chapter 2. It says this, The person without the Spirit of God does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness. In other words, if you don't have the Spirit of God and, and, and you're hearing, and there's this, you, you can't hear what God's saying, and so you, you hear noise, but it appears as foolishness and cannot understand them because they only discerned through the Spirit. Comprehend the truth is why God speaks to us. He also wants to conform us by the truth. Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says, Therefore do not be conformed any longer to the world, but to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And this conformed idea is that as we do world and we do life, it's so easy in the busyness of it to let the world conform us. Any of y'all love Plato? Okay, let me ask that again. Any of y'all love Plato? Okay, y'all are back awake. All right, so you love Plato. And what, is, what does it do with Plato? You just take it out a little thing and you just throw it? No, you take it out and you conform it. Some of you eat it. Pretty nasty, huh? Don't eat it. Conform it. And with the Play-Doh, you conform it. And what you're making and you're thinking about all these different things, the creativeness comes out and say, listen, this is what God is saying, is the world wants to conform you to its image. So that we work hard as people creating an image so that the, when the world looks at us, they say, well done, Chris. You have that right car. You have the right house. You dress right. You say all the right things. You, you've got all of this. When in reality, your world may be falling apart, but to the outward world, we've bought into the life. We have this, this, and this, and this. Then that will fulfill us. And the image that we're portraying is we've got it all together. And what God is saying, listen, it's easy to be conformed by the world. You can do these things. You can buy those things to be conformed into the image of the world and look like everyone else. But what I want to do, because God has taken residence with inside of you, is to transform you. And it's that image of a butterfly, that a butterfly was once a caterpillar, and a caterpillar are not pretty. They're ugly. Most of us don't want to pick them up, but they're ugly things. And so that's our life before Christ. And so we go into this place and there's this suffering, there's this dark place, but even in the midst of that darkness, there's always light in a cocoon. And so a caterpillar is in those things and they're struggling and they're fighting so that they can be transformed from the inside out. And so that once they used to go around and crawl along the floor, but now as a butterfly, they come out through those dark, deep times and transformation from the inside out. And now they're out and they can see and they have a whole different perspective on the world and they can see things. And listen, what once was ugly is now is beautiful and you have a whole new view. But that because you've been transformed from the inside out by the presence of God. And before that, you were allowing yourself to be conformed. Are you, you tracking with me? And how easy it is for us. 
to say, I don't want to walk through the darkness, what seems like darkness. I'd rather be conformed because it's so much easier when God is with us even in the darkest of places and transforming us to look and to live and to be and to give us a different perspective on the world and life. But sometimes we have to walk through different difficult places. And any time that there's life change, it's not easy. As a follower of Jesus, it is not easy being a follower of Jesus. You are called to be a part. You're called to walk paths that most people won't walk because people will see you walking that path and say, foolishness. And none of us want to be called fools. None of us want to be called fools. And then finally, he calls us to commun- He wants to speak to us so we can communicate the truth. That as followers of Jesus, when you go to work, when you go to school, when you go play games, whenever you do whatever, that you are there, you are called to be there so that you can communicate the truth of someone who's comprehended the truth and because you've comprehended it, you're being transformed from the inside out. And when they see that you're different, you then have an opportunity to say, what's different about you? What's, what's something, of, why are you this way? Why do you have joy amidst of your circumstances? Why All this stuff, you can say, listen, because I've been comprehended the truth that Jesus gave his life for me and my life is about him. And, and man, God is transforming from the inside out. And so now I've tasted and seen that he's good. And so I acquire different tastes and I pursue different things. And, and you can have that same thing too, that I can teach you about Jesus and he can transform your life too and then you get one day you wake up and you're like man I should be going to Puerto Rico I should be going to my neighbor I should be going to wherever it is because you desire to communicate the truth that has changed you and transformed you and you now see life differently you don't walk along the ground but you've come out through suffering and you've come out through stuff and now you see a different perspective and you see the world from God's eyes and now you weep over your neighbors Instead of avoiding them. Make room in your life to hear God speak to you. It's so easy to be conformed and you have all this busyness and distractions that you forget to hear the word. It's like God's speaking. Because here's what I know is true. Is that God is talking to each, every person in this room. And he's calling you by name and he wants to speak individually to you. You just have to stop and listen. And what did Samuel say? Here I am. Speak. Here I am. Speak. Dear my Father, today, here we are. Speak. Father, we confess that we have worked hard at building up an image that other people look at us and say, man, they got it. Or whatever it is. Whoever we're trying to impress. And Father, we've been distracted at different times in different ways. Lord, I pray this morning that we would just Just say, Lord, speak. Here I am. Speak. Lord, I pray that we would clean out the congestion. We would clean out all the distractions. And it would just be you this morning. Lord, there are some here this morning that don't don't know you. 
They know about you, but they don't know you. I pray that maybe even this morning, maybe this morning is the day that they say, I'm tired of just knowing about you, but I want to know you. That maybe today is that day. It's in your son's name that we pray. Amen.